York's number two sports show, the Rangers find a way to beat the Anaheim Ducks. They win by a score of five to two. This started out really not good at all. Anaheim jumps out to a two nothing lead, but the Rangers were able to rally back. They score four goals in the third, including an empty net goal. But they had to win this game in order to try to salvage this Cali- this uh, West Coast trip. And they have one more game in this trip. They'll be facing the San Jose Sharks. So winning this game is all well and good, but you got to beat San Jose as well. But it was, you know, not pretty, but the Rangers were the better team. They could have lost this. I mean, look, it was uh, the the Ducks at one point appeared to have taken a 3-1 lead in the third, but the Rangers challenged it and the play was indeed offside. And, you know, look, Will Cooley was a really important factor in this comeback. He tied it up with a deflection goal about midway through the third. Then he draws a penalty, which leads to an Artemi Panarin power play goal. So I thought Will Cooley was really good. Laviolette did change the lines, the forward lines, the D pairs. Now, by the time the game was over, it kind of went back to normal. But he kind of had to do this. Did it spark a turnaround? I don't know if we can say for sure that it did or didn't, but it certainly, I wouldn't say it hurt them. That's for sure. And so it was good to see again, like it it deserved that as I had been saying. So Eric Gustafson was back in the lineup. So Zach Jones out. As far as the defensive pairs were concerned, Miller and Truba was together the whole time, but they did break Lingren and Fox. So for a little bit in the middle of the game, it was Lingren with Schneider and Gustafson with Fox. I don't mind that. Like, if they got a pivot towards that, I'm completely okay with it. And then as far as the forward lines were concerned, Cabo Caco was the one that really lost a lot of playing time. So, you know, and Laviolette downplayed it after the game, but that is something to look at. That Caco, I think he might have played, what was it, less than nine minutes? Uh, yeah, 8.08. So he did not play much at all in this game, which is something to keep an eye on. Nick Benino was back in for Pitlick. So I suspected that Benino would be back in, but it is interesting. Pitlick clearly right now is the 13th forward on this team, which shouldn't come as a major surprise. But I guess I guess the interesting piece is the fact like Brodzinski like has more of a role, but it also kind of makes sense when you consider the fact that Philip Heedle is out. And so Brodzinski kind of has that third line center like role. Whereas if Heedle was on the team, that could that would change things. But yeah, like Pillick is kind of securely in that spot. Although I, I know this might sound crazy and I don't think we're even close to there, but like Kako really didn't play much. So he's not going to be a healthy scratch. But again, I, I did find that really interesting. And uh, Vince Mercogliano asked about it uh, at the end of the Peter Laviolette's postgame press conference. But, you know, of course, as you'd expect, Laviolette didn't make much of it. But what we saw for a little bit was Zabanajad centering Panarin and Vizi. So that was a completely different line. And Trocek centering Crowder and Lafreniere. They did not touch the, the uh, Cooley, Brodzinski, Wheeler line. And that was a good line. That was not touched. And so Kako then moved down to play with uh, Goodrow and Benino. But then we, yeah, but then it was really mixed up all the way around. So. Yeah, like by the end, like I said, by the end of it, it kind of normalized back to what the lines originally were. And so I would expect for San Jose for that to remain the case.
uh, forward lines and D pairs. Igor Shesterkin wasn't really tested much. Didn't think he looked all that great, but at the same time, like, the first goal, there was nothing he could do about it. The second goal wasn't great for him, and I guess if that third goal counted, that wouldn't have been greater, but it doesn't count. So for Igor, like, not a whole lot to say on that. Wasn't bad, but didn't really have to be great. So, you know, and the Ducks were coming off of the game themselves the night before, which they lost to the Sharks. So the Rangers hit the 60-point mark, which is good. So the Rangers... Record on the season is 29-15-2. So through 46 games, 60 points. And I really hope that the Rangers can, can beat the San Jose Sharks in a few nights. So let's discuss this one. Like I said, the Ducks get off to a really early start. 51 seconds in, it's Adam Henrique. And if you're a Ranger fan, you, you don't really feel great when you hear the name Adam Henrique. Of course, the former devil. Uh, I'll just stop it there. But he scores his 13th goal of the season from Carlson and Terry less than a minute into the game. And this was just really, like, I thought the Rangers were a bit soft to start. Just not hard on the puck at all. And the people to blame to me was a combination of Miller and Truba, probably more so Miller. And then Lafreniere as well. I just feel like Lafreniere needs to do more on the back check there is more effort to, that he could give. Um, and so, to me, no blame goes to Igor on this goal. And it was those players. You know, Trocek was kind of involved on both goals to a somewhat of an extent. But, yeah, I, ju I just didn't like the intensity. I, I did not think that the Rangers came out as strong as they needed to, considering how they've been playing. So, Henrique Sol gives the Ducks a one nothing lead. Then later in the period, he scores again. At 15:37, it's Henrique, his second of the game, 14th of the season, and assist to Terry and Carlson again. So that line scores twice. And on this one, it was Lingren and Fox that I thought uh, didn't look so good. I'm trying to think of the forwards that were. I know Trocheck was involved on this. I think there was a middle of a line change because at that time the lines hadn't been had not been switched up. I think Vizi was on. But, yeah, this was a, a bit of a leaky goal by Shesterkin, but the Rangers should have been stronger in front of him. But it kind of just, it, it finds its way in. And it makes it 2 nothing Anaheim. So that's the score going into the second. In the second, that is a period where you saw a lot of penalties. But other than that, there was no penalties in the first and only one in the third, although that one in the third was a big one. Keandre Miller high six Troy Terry at the 37-second mark. So, you know, again, Keandre Miller, it's just been... A lot of inconsistency. And look, I thought that as the game went on, he did get better, but he had his struggles. The Rangers kill that off. Then at 5.59, Cam Fowler slashes Panarin. Power play does not score before it ends. Vincent Trocek is called for an illegal check to the head of Robert Haig. So at that point, when, when that penalty is over, it's back to five on five. And then at 10.33, Mason McTavish holds Mika Zibanejad, but the power play doesn't score again. But luckily, so at this point, like, Apparently has not been good lately, but they're able to turn it around. At 17.36, back a nine and hooks Lafreniere. So give Lafreniere credit for drawing the penalty. And then the Rangers score a powerful goal, but not in the way that you would think. And the goal is scored by Vincent Trocek, his 15th goal of the season from Kreider and Fox. So this is a so this makes it a two-one game with about two minutes left in the second period. This was just a really nice play by Fox to throw it down the ice where he knew Kreider would beat the icing. And so Crowder uses his speed. He's a little bit patient. 
and makes a nice pass to Trocek. Not great defense by Gudas. And Trocek with a nice goal to score past Dostal. And I believe the Rangers faced Dostal twice. So they didn't see John Gibson in either, in either game they played, if memory serves me correct this season. So the Rangers take a two, uh, sorry, cut the lead to two on there. But then Chris Kreider, not a great penalty. Uh, he cross-checks Gudis in 1909. So going into the third period, Rangers are shorthanded, but they kill that off. And then Rangers, like, I thought they had a really good third. And they're rewarded for it. They tied up at two at the 10-10 mark of the third. It's Will Cooley scoring his eighth goal of the season from Truba and Miller. So this is a shot by Truba and Cooley with a really nice deflection to get the goal. So for him, I, I really, I thought he played a really good game. He ties it up there. And then he draws a penalty at 14.09. McTavish trips um, Cooley. And, that, and as I said before, before that Cooley goal to tie it, it, it looked as if McTavish gave the Ducks three-run lead, but he was offside. So that was an extreme. That was a, a fortunate break. I mean, it was the right call, but uh, this game could have turned just like that, but it didn't. So now the um, the Rangers have a power play, and they're able to take the lead. It's Panarin with his 28th goal of the season from Fox and Kreider. Really nice pass by Adam Fox to set up Panarin. Uh, one-timer, and he scores. So, you know, Artemi, crazy, 28 goals. It's, um, look, like, you, you never know what may happen the rest of the way, but certainly him scoring at least 40 if he stays healthy seems to be uh, an extremely realistic thing for someone who's always been a pass-first player. He has made a concerted effort to shoot the puck, and it's really, really helped. And then less than two minutes later, with the Rangers up 3-2, they score again. It's Chris Kreider with his 22nd goal of the season from Zibanejad. And this is a nice pass by Mika to set up Kreider with a little bit of a mini breakaway going down the left side. Not a great shot attempt to start, but then he kind of follows up on his own rebound and scores past Dostal. Bats it in to give the Rangers a 4-2 lead. So this is a really big insurance goal. Um, another goal for Kreider. So Kreider ends up with a pretty good game on the stat sheet with a goal and two assists. And then um, the Rangers add an empty net goal. At 1924, it's Jimmy Vesey scoring his ninth goal of the season unassisted. The Rangers win 5-2. So it would have been a bit of a – like somewhat of a disaster scenario if the Rangers had lost this game. So very happy that did not happen because this uh, the tone of this episode would have been very, very different. But they do win the game. And now they'll finish off this trip against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, and the Sharks will be coming off of – uh, a second game of back-to-back, -back, which reminds me, the Rangers are 8-0 uh, on the second game of back-to-backs this season. That's that's very impressive. The fact that you know that it doesn't affect them, whether they lost, whether they won the game before, whether they lost the game, and I think it's been a bit of a mix where they've probably won more than they've lost, but it's probably maybe it's close to even, and they are able to get this win. So now. Let's see what they do against the Sharks to finish off this road trip. Then there's only two more games before the All-Star break. It's home versus Vegas and at Ottawa, and that'll be a back-to-back -back set. So, and, and that'll be, those games will be games uh, where the Rangers had lost previously and, and not so great fashion either, where they lost to Vegas just, uh, what was it, a few days ago, and then they lost to Ottawa back, um, I guess it must have been... Um, early-ish December, if I remember correctly. So 
But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that when that gets a little bit closer. But for now, um, they're able to get this win. They beat the Ducks. And hopefully they'll be able to do the same in the next game as they travel from Anaheim to San Jose.